Oh, now you can. <laughs> there it is. I'm very excited to have the Britney mic on today. I haven't actually worn the Britney mic before, but I'm also blessed with a lot of hair. So <laughs> if it starts to interfere, just let me know. Um, but welcome, welcome this morning. It's so good to see all of you. For those of you who don't know me or just aren't quite as familiar with me, my name is Joy. Um, I lead prayer ministry here at Journey Church, St. Patrick, and we are going after healing this morning, which is really, really exciting because it's a topic that's very, very close to my heart. Um, so quick, quick hand raise. So just out of interest sake for me, would you pop your hand up if you ever have seen a healing or be involved in a supernatural healing? Oh, so good. Okay, so good. Um, if you've ever prayed for a healing and it hasn't happened, <laughs> yeah. Um, and if you want to see more healings, does anyone want to see more healings? Yay! <laughs> All the hands. So I felt a lot less nervous for this preach. I preached a couple months ago and I honestly couldn't remember any of the conversations I had had before I preached. I was that nervous, but his presence has just been all over this talk this week. Ever since I started to write it, I've just felt his overwhelming presence and I am full of anticipation um, and faith this morning that he is going to move. So if you are contending for a healing this morning in any way, shape or form, be on the edge of your seat because I have no doubt that he's going to move this morning. Okay, so how good has this series been? So stepping into a life empowered by the Spirit. It's so easy for us to forget whose we are and what he empowers us to do as we go around our normal daily lives. Um, but what is available to us and how the Lord empowers us to live has been such a great reminder through this series. So to start us off really quickly, Ephesians 2, 6-7 says, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages we may show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Jesus Christ. Two quick pointers. One, we're seated in heavenly places with him all the time. So we walk around on earth, but our spirit is with him, which means that we get to live a natural and a supernatural life, which is exciting. And we get to be vessels for his kingdom, his power and his glory on this earth. And we get to manifest that in the lives around us and transform the lives around us. And then his incomparable riches. So in the coming ages, he might show his incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his king kindness to us in Christ Jesus. I want you to have that in the back of your minds, incomparable riches. The things that he has to give to us this morning, the things that he has to give to us in our walk with him are incomparable. There is no comparison to what God can do. So if you normally track with the Bible and the verses, I would say probably don't bother this morning because I'm going to jump all over the place. If there's one thing about healing that I have found in the Bible this week is that it is packed full of it. So we're going to bounce all over the place. So kick back and relax and enjoy. I've put the most important ones on the slides. So all should be good. So yes, we're going after prayer and healing this morning. I'm talking about prayer and healing, but I've also named this talk His Yes and Our Amen. So hopefully the format will be similar to last week. I won't talk for too long and then we'll have some ministry time and see some lives transformed. So yes, I said I was excited about healing. It's the one that I'm passionate about. It's close to my heart. 
I've had the joys of seeing both healings in the natural and also the supernatural. Um, I'm sure most people don't know that I'm a nutritional therapist. If you have that photo, Edwin, feel free to chuck it up on the screen. There. <laughs> it's a me. My famous photo with a bunch of kale. I was actually photographed by the National Geographic with that bunch of kale, which is a weird story. But yes, I'm a nutritional therapist, so I work with people who have chronic illnesses, um, a vast range of chronic illnesses, because I'm a firm believer that we do not have to live um, with chronic illness. So I work with people, we dive really deep into the body, so we sort out their diet and then really look on a cellular level. So I've seen a lot of breakthrough and healing in the natural, but I've also seen a lot of breaking through in the supernatural. So I was at Bethel Church, I was at BSSM, and so obviously it was there that I was catapulted into healing because you don't get a choice in BSSM. You're paying to be there. So they're like, you might as well. Um, and so I saw a lot of healing through there. I was had the pleasure of going on many ministry trips, but one ministry trip always sticks out to me. And that was, I went with a team with Bill Johnson to a Randy Clark conference. If people aren't familiar with Randy Clark, he has a huge healing ministry in America um, and has a particular anointing to see metal plates dissolve. And it's kind of one of those things with BSSM that we had like 10 minutes notice, so we had to go up on stage and give words of knowledge for healing, which is always fun. But the less you have to think about it, the less time your mind has to talk you out of it. So when you hear a prompting, I would recommend you just go for it because you don't have that time to talk yourself out of it. So it was a two-day conference. On the first night, we saw 60 people healed, and on the second night, we saw 115 people healed, which probably summed up the majority of the people at that conference. I personally saw eyesight restored, carpal tunnel healed, back pain healed, cataracts healed, and the list goes on and on and on, um, and give words of knowledge from the stage, which kind of helps <laughs> with the stepping out in faith. So I've seen a lot of victories, and I've also seen not a lot of... <laughs> I haven't seen the breakthroughs all the time that I've wanted to see every time I've prayed. And I can tell you right now that every time you pray for healing, you probably won't see it every single time that you pray. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing you have done wrong. There's nothing that God has done wrong. And so I just want you to know this morning before we even dive any deeper into that, that I do have my key points that we'll talk about in a second. But there's no striving with praying for healing. It's not about you. It's never been about you, apart from the fact that he loves to partner with you, loves to partner with you. It's his will, whether it happens or not, but that never takes away from his goodness. And that's the kind of beautiful tension that we work with. It's always up to him if the healing happens or not. It's not up to you. And it might not be in the way that you think it will be, but he always does something, always. Okay, so before we dive in, I want to share with you really quickly my mini topics for praying for healing. Um, these are my essentials when it comes to praying for healing or my ground rules. So number one, God is good, always, full stop, period. Two, we get to partner with him and see healings happen through the power of the Holy Spirit living within us. The victory of Jesus dying on the cross and then raising again in his resurrection surrendering to God's will, and then finally, there nearly always involves an act of faith. But I'll go deeper into those in a little second. 
But as for the talk's title, have you ever had that moment when you're reading your Bible and you're just reading it, glancing at it, and then something just jumps out of the page and like hits you right across the face and you just know that it's the Lord? Well, I've been seeking a lot about this talk and this preach, um, about what he wants to say and his perspective and, and what he wants to say through me. Because again, it's not about me. It's always about him. And uh, I was in um, Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, and it's really not a place that you think you would find revelation. The little subtitle of the chapter was actually called Paul Explains His Changed Plans. So <laughs> you're really not looking for deep revelation there. Um, but it hit me right across the face and I knew that it was for today. So 2 Corinthians 19 to 22 says, Jesus Christ is the Son of God and he is the one who Timothy, Silas and I have preached to you. And he has never been both a yes and a no. He has always been and always will be a resounding yes for all of God's promises find their yes of fulfillment in him. And as his yes and our amen ascend to God, we bring him glory. Now it is God himself who has anointed us and he is con constantly strengthening both you and us in the union of Christ. He knows we are, sin we are his since he has also stamped his seal of love over our hearts and given us the Holy Spirit like an engagement ring given to a bride, a down payment of blessings to come. And this is where our fear of failure starts to crumble because we cannot fail in him. We cannot fail in God. He has us as an essential part in his mechanism of prayer. And when it comes to healing, praying for healing, that Jesus Christ is our savior. He is the son of God. He is our everything. He died to give us everything. And you think that that would be enough to break, to give God all of his glory is that it's just Jesus says yes all the time. But he makes a point of saying that it's our amen. And Jesus is yes, that brings God his glory, his full glory, that we're an essential part to that momentum that God has created when it comes to praying, when it comes to healing. It's us stepping out and praying our amen to the promises of God over that person that you're praying for. And then Jesus is yes, because he's always yes when it comes to us. Always yes. Okay. And that's why you're needed. And that's why you're so vital to the kingdom of God. And that's why you can't um, disregard yourself because of any reason of you're not good enough, you're not good at praying, you don't have enough faith, you, you know, you're scared, anything like that because he needs you and he wants you and he has you as a vital part of his mechanism, of his plan that we may bring him full glory and that's the part that you matter. But let's get back to my ground rules. So one, God is good, always, 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 always. And I know this can be hard, believe me, I, I know when it comes to healing, we don't see the healing, the person dies, um, our loved ones die. And I, I know this feeling because I have people in my life who haven't seen their breakthrough yet and that I'm contending for. So I understand that it's hard to believe that God is good all the time, but he is good all the time. He knows, he sees everything and he's good. I can't confine God into my earthly definition of what is good, right? We have good and evil and that's it and we compare everything in that. But I have one dimension I see in one dimension where God sees in a hundred dimensions. And that's why I can't 
box him in. We can never box God in. So when a healing doesn't happen or a resurrection doesn't happen or something doesn't happen, we don't know why, but he is always good. He's more than a fleeting feeling of why I define as good. And in reality, God's goodness exceeds any dream that I have. So God's goodness is his character. It's not something he chooses, it's something he is. And he cannot step away from that. He can't turn away from that. He can't not be good because then it would be going against who he actually is and that's just impossible. So goodness is one of God's many attributes. Good is who God is and good is what God does and he can't divert away from that. And I bet you any money, those are things that we don't understand. Why did it not happen? That when you get to heaven and you get to ask God yourself, like, why did that not happen? I contended for that. Why did it happen? I promise you that the answer that he gives you will blow you away. That it'll be such an intricate, beautiful answer that involves so many different parts that we don't even understand, but he understands and he sees it all. And I promise you that the answer that you get will blow your socks off. But on a side note, it's okay to wrestle too. He can take your wrestling. He can take your anger, your grief, your uncertainty. He loves the wrestle. We all know relationships are made stronger through the ups and downs and roundabouts. And there's, that doesn't move away from your relationship with God. He can handle the, rest, the wrestling. So don't shy away from the wrestle. He'll never leave you empty-handed and he adores the journey. He's always good. A.W. Tozer said, we please God most not by frantically trying to make ourselves good, but by throwing ourselves into his arms. God is always good. So secondly, how we partner with him, we get to partner with him and see healings happen through the power of the Holy Spirit living within us. So right, it's a no-brainer really. The Holy Spirit living inside of us gives that constant connection to God and the living God. So therefore, that's his power, that's his glory. That's every part of him. And as long as you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, you're in a place where healings are possible. And luckily, we went after baptisms with the Holy Spirit last week, so we're all ready to go. <laughs> all ready to rock and roll. So Acts 10, 38 said, Jesus of Nazareth was anointed by God with the Holy Spirit and with great power. He did wonderful things for others and divinely healed all who were under the tyranny of the devil. Now Jesus was both fully man and fully God, but I find it really interesting how this verse emphasizes that he was Jesus of Nazareth, that I feel like it emphasizes his human part and that that's for a reason because it could have just said like the son of God, but it says Jesus of Nazareth. And it can't, I can't help but think that that is poignant for us that we're that human. And it's by being anointed by God with the Holy Spirit and great power that Jesus did wonderful things. And so therefore, we'll do the same. So secondly, the victory of Jesus dying on the cross and then rising again in his resurrection. So we all know that Jesus took everything on the cross. We all believe that, that his blood is everything. 
that it took everything that on that day that he died, everything died with him. So that includes all sickness, all disease, cancer, autoimmune diseases, whatever you name it, he took it that day when he died on the cross. And since we have a relationship with him, we become a new man and our old man is gone. So everything that once would have affected our old man doesn't even affect our new man because our new man is with God. Our new man is filled with the living God. So all of those things don't get to have a house. They don't get to have a home. Where light is, darkness cannot be. And so where his light is, darkness cannot be. And his light is living inside of you, which I know that it is. No darkness can be there and it has to flee. And that includes sickness and disease. So since Jesus paid it all on the cross and because we have that relationship with him, this gives us an opportunity to see divine healings happen. So we also see through Jesus's resurrection that not only did he conquer death, which is huge in and of itself, but through that process of him then leaving, he gifted us with the Holy Spirit that now lives inside of us. And each of us are temples of the Holy Spirit with a constant connection to the living God. So then what then can stop us? We see in Romans 8, 11, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Like that's just incredible. Like the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that lives inside of us. That that is possible, which is remarkable. And we can see it. So Jesus made it so clear to us in his wonderful and lovingly direct way. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely you've received, freely give. Note that he did not say maybe, maybe you can do this. He didn't say if you can, then do it. He said do it. Full stop, just do it. You've been given it, so give it away. Luke 10, 9, heal the sick here, there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. That ties really beautifully into what Richard said about the kingdom of God, that the kingdom of God refers to the presence of God, of heaven touching earth. If you can think what those people must have felt in that moment, having no idea what the kingdom of God was. We're so blessed in that way, but they had no idea. So they must have been completely overwhelmed with the power and the peace and the joy and the presence of God. Mark 9, 23, what do you mean if? <laughs> if you're able to believe all things are possible to the believer, Jesus had no doubt, and therefore we should not doubt Jesus. So I'd like to finish off this little section with a thought. So Jesus said in John 14, 12 to 14, I tell you this timeless truth, the person who follows me in faith Believing in me will do the same mighty miracles as I do, even greater miracles than these because I go to be with my Father. For I will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask me in my name. And that is how the Son will show what the Father is really like and bring glory to him. Ask me anything in my name and I will do it for you. 
Like he is so gracious and loving to say, I'll do whatever you ask me to. That is how much he loves you. And he just wants to see you have the victory and have the breakthrough as well. Like he just, he loves you being a part of it. So there is no reason why we shouldn't step out in faith and pray for healing. He's fully set you up for success. But also Jesus said, greater things you will do than these. So in order, a little bit of food for thought, in order to do the things that are greater than what he did, we need to do the things that he did do. And I'll leave that one there. <laughs> so surrendering to God's will. So this is where all of our performance goes out the window. The healing is not up to us. It never was up to us. It is always up to God. We have literally nothing to lose. But that person that you're praying for has everything to gain and that, that is how we view healing. That we have nothing to lose. It has nothing to do with us, but that person has everything to gain and that, so that is worth the risk. So one of my favorite songs by Maverick City Music says, I wasn't holding you up, so there's nothing I can do to let you down. We were never holding God up. He's fine. <laughs> he can do that himself. You can never let him down either. Ever. Ever. There's no sense of failure when a healing doesn't manifest right in front of your eyes. You have done nothing wrong. The person you are praying for has done nothing wrong. And you have no idea what's going on on the inside. This is what I was touched on earlier. God never does nothing, ever. Never does nothing. He can't not. When two, of his, two or more of his people are gathered, he is there also, right? He never leaves us nor forsakes us. So when you turn your face towards him and you look at your father and you present somebody to him for breakthrough, he can't help but lean close because he's never loved anything more than he loves us. So he can't help but lean into us and he can't help but not do anything in that moment because he is eternally and forever good. We are simply vessels to bring God's glory, to bring his kingdom and power to this earth and the people that we pray for. So it's all on him, which is great. So if you feel that burden, just take that burden off of yourself this morning because it's not about you and it's just all about him. And honestly, I still can't understand why I'm so at peace right now because I was so nervous the last time, but I just know that it's so God and it's not about me, it's about him. So it's all on him and his mighty goodness, whether that physical manifestation of healing happens the way that we imagine it will, or not. But he always never does nothing. We also cannot box God, never box God. He can move in whatever way he wants to, and probably will. <laughs> but he never does nothing. And then finally, so healing, praying for healing often involves an act of faith. So I have no doubt that faith moves the heart of God. 
like incredibly moves the heart of God. When we put ourselves in a place where we're risking it, where we have to trust him, where we let all everything go and we have to trust him that he can do it, he loves it. I personally have seen the most profound breakthroughs happen when I've stepped out in faith and prayed for that healing. The first healing actually I saw, because um, I always seen healings but never been involved in a healing, was actually I prayed for my mom who had a migraine over Skype. And I was like, let's just do it because we, we normalize things. And I was like, let's just pray for it. And it lifted and it left. Or all those times I had to go up on stage and give words of knowledge. I was just like, just guessing and just hoping that he'll, but even that, even in me guessing and just not knowing, like he loves that. He loves it when you risk it for the biscuit. <laughs> he can't help do something on the most profound things, on the greatest miracles. So we see it time and time again in the Bible. Mark 10, 51, Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The man replied, my master, please let me see again. Jesus responded, your faith heals you. Go in peace your sight with your sight restored. All at once the man's eyes opened and he could see again and he began at once to follow Jesus. Mark 5.34, in reference to the lady who had been bleeding for 12 years. Then Jesus said to her after she grabbed his garment as, as he walked past, daughter, because you dared to believe, your faith has healed you. Go with peace in your heart and be free from your suffering. James 5.15, and the prayer of faith and your prayer of faith will heal the sick and the Lord will rise them up and they, if they've committed sins, they will be forgiven. But what is faith? I would like to shake up your concept of faith this morning, give you some food for thought. So many of us see faith as striving, as something that has to be built by us and constantly improved upon. Faith is a choice, that is true. But I would like to reframe your faith as this. So faith is not a result of striving. It is not something we work our way up to. Faith is never self-made. It is not the result of determination or the result of human effort. It's the result of surrender. Faith is more about surrendering to his will and his voice and his promptings. Faith is more about knowing that he can do it and he will do it than anything we could possibly make ourselves. It is more about letting go and stepping into his momentum than it is about performing to get a result. So we surrender, we let go. And that's the biggest act of faith. It's not that you don't get nervous or anything like that. It's, it's not like that at all. But when you have the realization that it's up to God and that he's created that momentum already, that Jesus has already said yes and that God is good. And that they're just waiting for our amen to make it full and give God his full glory. When we surrender, when we trust him, when we know that he's good, that he will do it and that he can do it, then that's enough. That's more than enough to see a healing happen. 
Again, Tozer, A.W. Tozer said, faith is the gaze of a soul upon a saving God. God has already created the momentum for healing. We just need to step into it. Surrender is to step into that, which what he has already created. Jesus said, Matthew 17, 20, I promise you, if you have faith inside of you no bigger than the side of a small mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here and go over there and you shall see it move. There's nothing that you couldn't do. I would love to reinforce in you this morning that if you believe he can do it and you operate out of that place knowing that he can do it, that that is enough. No more is required apart from trusting that he can do it and then stepping out into his momentum to see everything click into place and happen. And we often do that by stepping out in prayer. So you feel the prompting, you feel, or someone stands for healing, you feel that, you step into that, you step out into prayer. You know he can do it, so it's not up to you. No performance, we leave it at the door. And that's the perfect way to usher in the presence and the power of God. It's like saying to God, here you are, Lord. Your kingdom come and your will be done. And he always moves. We easily create theology around why healings don't happen, which is understandable because Jesus never taught us how to handle or think when a healing doesn't happen. And why? Because it never happened to Jesus. You can only impart what you have to give and he never saw healing not happen. We need to take a step away from basing our healing prayers around what might not happen and step into a place of authority, of power, of connection with the Holy Spirit and the living God. Faith works according to our renewed mind, both for the person who is asking for healing and the person who is praying. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We learn to surrender more. We learn to trust more, to let go more, to let his presence flood into every area for his power to flood in. And then we are transformed and we create places of where faith is displayed so powerfully that when we step into it. So a quick praying for healing, debunking. One, it's not about you. (laughs) Just to repeat that, I feel like I should have like a badge or something. God has made no mistake when he chose you and he always wants to work through you. That never changes. But what if nothing happens? We can't be narrow-minded if you have an understanding and belief that God can do anything and we cannot box him, then you have no idea what might happen in that moment. He is always moving and always doing something. Number three, well, how many of us have seen an answer to prayer but not in the way we wanted it to. Lots of times. That is how he moves oftentimes. He's so far outside our understanding that we have no idea what he might do. It might not be a physical manifestation, and it might be a physical manifestation, but he just loves it when we step out in faith. I have a friend who hasn't seen their healing yet. They have stage four um, metastasized cancer I'm contending for the healing they haven't seen it yet but they said to me they feel like half the world's praying for them 
and uh, how much that prayer has made a difference. There's no physical healing yet. I'm never going to stop until I see it. But he moves also in so many other vital ways. So don't be afraid of nothing happening. He'll do it. He will do it. And then the quicker that we do it, the less time our brain has to trip us up. So let me ask, are you ready this morning? Are you ready to see some healings happen in this room right now? Are you ready? I'm ready. So before we pray and before anything happens, these are my simple guidance tips. There's no right or wrong way to pray for healing. And this is not like, do it this way and it will work because it's not. This is just simply how I was taught. And so I'm just imparting it to you guys just to give you a basis and we'll keep it up there when you're praying. So one, when you're going to someone who's asking for healing, ask them on a scale of one to 10 how bad the pain is. Nope, number one, always ask. Never presume, never presume, always ask what they would like healing for. Number two, ask on a scale. Sometimes you can't rate it on a scale, it's not chronic pain. You know, this morning we're not just gonna go after physical healings, we're gonna go after mental healings. So oftentimes you can't ask on a scale how bad it is. So like I said, this doesn't apply to every single prayer healing, so don't use it as law. Ask them to place their hand on the area and ask them if, you, if they are okay, if you lay your hand on their shoulder. And, fa- and four, pray short but powerful prayers. Pray from a place of authority and your spirit, knowing that the Holy Spirit is within you right now and is working through you right now. We see time and time again how Jesus commanded people's healings. He rebuked the fever and it left her. Or Jesus said to him, recover your sight, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And then we see the apostles doing it. So we see Peter doing it. When Peter and John, um, in Acts 3, they prayed for the lame beggar sitting at the gate of the temple courts. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So when you're praying today, command the pain to leave. You have that authority inside of you. You have the same one that Jesus was operating in the same one that the apostles were operating in. So when you're praying this morning, command things in the name of Jesus, not in our power, in his power, always his power. So command things in the name of Jesus. Leave right now. Depression, pain, cancer. So pray small prayers, but ones from authority, knowing that you can and that you will and that that spirit inside of you can do anything. Number four, ask if there's any improvement in the scale or visual improvement, if that can be um, quantified. If there is, thank the Lord. And if there is not, thank the Lord. (laughs) As we do not know what he could be doing and some things we cannot measure instantly either. To finish off, pray again. Thank him for what he is doing and bless the person that you're praying with. Always leave them with a blessing. If they move... You know, if they have shoulder issues, say, and they move their shoulder, and it's kind of like, oh yeah, it's a bit better. 
maybe like a few better, then you just say, Lord, I thank you so much for what you're doing right now. You can go back into prayer and just say, we just say, do it again, Lord. Keep healing it. Or you can equally be like, I just declare over you that the Lord is gonna continue to heal you as you're sleeping tonight or as you go about your day that you're gonna see that full healing in Jesus' name. There's so much faith in praying for healing as in like there's so much faith displayed. You're stepping out and that person by even accepting your prayer is stepping out in faith as well. Whether they're a believer, whether they're not, they're stepping out in faith. You say to them, right, move your shoulder and see if it's any better. That act in its own is, is faith. So are you ready? Yeah, are you ready? All right, I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna move this out of the way. Father, we thank you so much. We thank you so much for your power. We thank you so much for your healing presence and your glory. That I have no doubt, Father, in the, in the depths of my being that you are showing up right now that you're gonna show up so powerfully this morning in ways that we can't even imagine, we can't even quantify, Father, that you are so good, that you're outside every single box we have, you're outside every single fear, Father. And Father, as we step out this morning, as people receive prayer for healing, and as we pray for healing, Father, I pray that you would bend in so close, that we would feel your face so close, Father, your glory so close, and that we would see so much breakthrough this morning. So if you would like healing this morning, if you need healing in your body in any shape or form, whether it's physical, whether it's mental, um, anything like that, there's no shame in this room. So don't worry about what you share. Nothing will leave this building either. You're safe here. You're safe with us. You're safe in the presence of God. So if you need a healing this morning in any shape or form, can you either stand, if you can stand, or if you can't stand, can you just raise your hand? Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so everybody who's sitting, I want you to gather around these people. So maybe just don't overcrowd people like crazy, maybe two or three people per person. And just go to them and just follow that guide. Thank you, Gareth. <laughs> On the board. And just pray for them this morning. is yours 
My hope is in you only My heart you hold Cause you made this sinner holy and holy holy Cause your glory is so beautiful I fall onto my knees in awe and the heartbeat of my life is to worship in your light because your glory is so beautiful your glory is so beautiful